Welcome to the Warning Track Power Hour. I'm Andrew Scaff. He's Mike Worman. Today we're going to talk a little bit about the NBA playoffs and the NHL playoffs. And again, the Royals have been demoted to the third slot in our show for today uh, because they are back to being terrible again. Um, and then uh, we'll wrap up with a little bit of uh, NFL news and this with the schedule release. Uh, but we'll start today's episode um, with a little bit of breaking news, I guess. Uh, the NBA has announced that uh, the San Antonio Spurs have won the draft lottery and the rights to sign and draft and draft and particularly potentially sign uh, Victor Wembanyama. Uh, is that is he the uh, franchise player that they've been looking for on uh, these last few years where they've uh, struggled a lot? I think he is the. I think he's got to be. He at least he seems to be like the most hyped uh, prospect the NBA has had in several years. Yeah. And I think I read somewhere he was the most high, maybe hyped prospect since LeBron uh, entered. Probably. He's like seven three. You, you get different. Like there's different. Like I forget him from seven two to seven five. Yeah. And he shoots the three. He can handle the ball. Yeah. Um, and you know the Spurs, I think, really hit the jackpot here because they won the lottery so that's it's like kidding they they actually won the jackpot yeah, yeah. and like it's because it's kind of interesting because the, it seems like the spurs success um under popovich originally uh came because of uh the lottery um what two, when, two they, different times they, they won the lottery? they won it this is the third time they've won it um and the first time they won it um they picked uh David Robinson and uh Robinson um I think what year was the draft I think they I think this was because David Robinson went to the Naval Academy and I think he had to serve two more years of service so I think maybe the uh Spurs drafted like 87 maybe was the year that they drafted him because that was the last year he played in college uh and then he um well that was pre-Popovich then like so pop yeah, pre Popovich. Yeah, didn't draft. No, so this is yeah, he drafted. It was nineteen eighty seven NBA draft, um, with the first overall pick. But he had, but he couldn't play until nineteen eighty nine. So he finished uh, his service. He finished his service, and then, um, so he was around uh, for several years, and the and the teams were okay with uh, David Robinson as uh, their star. But then it was the second lottery win. Uh, because I think David Robinson got hurt one season and the Spurs were terrible. And then uh, was it 99 uh, when uh, they also won the lottery and they got to draft Tim Duncan? 97. Uh, 97? Okay, 97. Yeah, uh, Spurs after a season, 1997. Well, then pick first overall, mm -hmm. Duncan out of Wake Forest. Tim Duncan, yeah, out of Wake Forest. Uh, also, um, you know, and then, you know, he was a center really, but he was able to be like, he played power forward was for the. Well, they could both switch back and forth as yeah. to who's the center, who's the power forward, right? Yeah, the you twin know, towers they had, and then they won. Yeah. And they won, um, the first title I think in 1999. So the his second season playing, and then the, he won five championships uh, in 15 years with under Popovich, and you know that was the Spurs. I, I guess you. You could call it, I guess you could call it a dynasty. They weren't uh at least the first four 
uh, only won, I think, 99, 03, 05, and 07. So the eight years they won four. Every, they alternated every year, um, basically. Right. Uh, it was a little like the uh, San Francisco Giants. I remember when they were going to the World Series, they were, it was a, uh, 2010, 2012, and then 2014, 2014 they beat the Royals, yeah. and that was their third in six in five years. Um, so, yeah, th- I mean, three in five years is not easy to do, and, and yeah, and then, but then you know to come have one you know four years earlier, and then another one, what seven years after that? That was yeah. well, those were with new players, though, I guess the the later one, but well, that was when I was the, I was the one with Kawhi Leonard, yeah. As the young star, but I think they still had Ginobili and Tony Parker on the team. Uh, so it was still kind of the remnants of that kind of middle. Parker and Ginobili weren't around for the 99 team, but they were around for the three and five years. And that was, uh, you know, it, Popovich was, you know, revolutionary in coaching, probably bringing in international players to um, mesh with American players in a way that really hadn't happened. I guess there was. You know, maybe you have you know you have the occasional maybe one international player on a NBA on a roster. random team, basically, right? Yeah. yeah, you had that maybe with maybe maybe the Bulls uh, second uh, uh, three peat with uh, Tony Kukoc, okay. uh, yeah. who was supposed to be like the Michael Jordan of Europe, and he, I don't think uh, Michael Jordan of America liked Kukoc, and I think I think there's yeah. some stories about him not liking. Um, uh, coach and like not really allowing him uh into uh like the flow of the game uh very often yeah and that's believable yeah yeah i think there was a maybe at first he was not they were not friends i think Tony Cook should actually come in maybe while jordan was retired that first time uh, playing, base, playing baseball, and he had been brought in because oh, he's the he's the yeah uh, he's the next Jordan, uh, and then Jordan, the old Jordan, didn't want to have anything back. But um, but that's like one guy, you know, like or they had like Vladi Divac or, or or you know Arvidas Sabonis, you know, they had like the one sort of token um, Euro guy, and then mm. it seems like with the with the Spurs, that's when they started to have. It was more like a hockey team, kind of, uh, you know, an international kind of coalition of players, and yeah, and so Wembyama, I think, will fit in well with um, Popovich. Uh, he, you know, since he is good at you know, kind of that international, um, you know, camaraderie or yeah. So maybe maybe the question then is, it, you think Popovich will be around long enough to see? As a coach, is he gonna is he gonna stay? He is seventy four. Yeah, he'll stay in the league long enough to before he retires to um, see Wimbenyama to a title. Yeah, it depends on how. I guess it depends on how early they win the title. Um, I could see him. I could see him. I think probably this would be like something you would think would invigorate, reinvigorate you if you were getting a little bit tired. You have this new player who's supposed to be you know one of the best players of the last decade at least coming into the league a generational and, type player right? yeah and so um I mean, it's rare that there are and i mean this is seemingly that time right where 
everyone appears to agree as that Wembenyama is the number one pick this year already. Before we yeah, even get into like who had the number one pick, it's already been decided that he is. Yeah, I think this is the LeBron type of thing. Like there was, like you know, it's going to be LeBron James, and you know, you don't want to be. It is like well, the number uh, number two pick is you know. I guess you could think of the high other high picks can do well, like you have Wayne Wade and Carmelo Anthony were both drafted in the top five. Uh, mm. But you know, Darko Milicic famously was drafted number two overall by the Pistons. You know, yeah. that was like it's it kind of also had that um, echo of the was it 84, 84 draft when um, Brady three draft when Hakeem Olajuwon was kind of the consensus number one pick. And then uh, Michael Jordan was also around, but the Trailblazers say, well, we already have Clyde Drexler, who's, who plays the same kind of position. And he, yeah. We don't want to draft another guy like him, so we're going to, we're going to take uh, um, Sam Bowie out of uh, Kentucky, and then the Bulls get Jordan. And like, so it's, it's like one of those, I think, where the, you know, you know, going back, you would say, well, the, the Rockets should have picked Jordan over Olajuwon, but like there was nobody that would have guessed that that would have been the smart pick at that time. So I guess there's there's like there's possibility I think that somebody might turn out to be better than Wembenyama um, in this draft. But yeah, this is like you know Kevin Durant or somebody like that that's going to be to be the number one overall. Um, I'd forgotten that yeah, Chris Bosh was in that draft too. He went number four ahead of Dwayne Wade. Oh, okay. Draft. Milicic was second overall to the Pistons. So he was the only one in that top five who basically is not a Hall of Fame level player. I don't know if Chris Bosh is Chris Bosh in the Hall of Fame. Um, no. Um, yeah, looks like it is. Player who has been inducted into the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame. Chris Bosh is highlighted there, so apparently. Okay. Yeah, so Bosch and Wade apparently already are in. LeBron and Carmelo. There's are, no chance that they won't be. Yeah. Not yet, but likely will be. Yeah, I would say Carmelo. If if Bosch is in, Carmelo Anthony would be because I think Carmelo Anthony, despite he didn't have any titles, I guess, but he was. Yeah. I think in general, he was a better player for longer. He than... had he had the uh, gold medals though. I think right from the. Uh... That's true. Team too, which I think does factor into mm-hmm. decision making. I think. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, um, it's also a little bit like so that 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 uh, two thousand was it two thousand three NBA draft. So four out of the top five were Hall of Famers and one bust at number two. It's very yeah. similar to the nineteen eighty nine NFL draft. Do you know who was drafted number one? And any of the top five, the Chiefs had one of the top five. In picks. which year? Uh, 1989 no, NFL know. draft. So that was the year that Dallas had the number one overall pick, and they picked Troy Aikman okay, as um, number one. Um, Detroit was number three that year, and they picked Barry Sanders. The Chiefs were number four. They got Der- Derek Thomas. Yeah. And um, the Falcons were number five, and they got Deion Sanders. And so those, oh, like, wow. you know, so that's the top. Those are the four Hall of Famers, and then second was uh, Tony Mandarich. Do you remember him? No, was, no, not at all. He was like the supposed to be like this, like can't miss lineman 
but I think he like was on steroids or something and he, he became a, a bust. He got hurt. Um, um, and he was referred sometimes called the best, like I'm reading his Wikipedia article now, the best offensive line prospect ever. He was two overall. He was going to be a tackle. Um, and he ended up just playing for a few years, but he, um, he never, um, caught on they talked they, they they did uh yeah he did apparently use, use uh, steroids and that was a big part of it he was forced to because he was like a workout warrior and he was maybe with the nfl strict testing not, not gonna be able to do that um yeah since things have changed a little bit since the 80s with like lyle alzado and people like that but um yeah so he was the number two so he is the darko milic mandarich and milicic very similar names slavic yeah uh, and num- but number two overall picks when the other four around them were Hall of Famers. I guess you could say probably Aikman was the worst of those uh, f- four Hall of Fame players. Because so? you, you wouldn't, well, I don't think anybody would put Aikman in as like one of the best quarterbacks of all time. He was on some good, really good teams. Um, but they won what three, three, three championships, championships with Aikman, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's like if you're if you're like a ring counter, that's what you like. But uh, um, like if you look at uh, Aikman's um, statistics over the years, like they're just kind of okay. Uh, he the most from yards that list though from that from those uh, he was the, he has the most championships of those four. Mm-hmm. So yeah, well, Dion won one with him, uh, I think. Uh, then he won one of those Cowboys championships with him. Yeah. So he's got more than the other four combined because the Barry Sanders and, and Derek Thomas, of course, never won. Yeah. And Dion then, had two. And he won with this it was the 49ers once and then Dallas. He won with the 49ers in 95. And then the next year uh with Dallas, yeah. Yeah. So he won two in a row. So I guess he's got so three to two. So so uh, but neither but not neither of those championships were with the Falcons. Uh, who got him? But, who actually drafted um, him, right? But yeah, if you look at uh, Aikman's stats, I think the most yards he ever passed for in a season was thirty four hundred and forty five, which is maybe ninety. It was nineteen ninety two. That's quite a few for that era. But like, yeah, if you look at Steve Young or some of those other Brett Favre, those other quarterbacks of that era, they passed for a lot more. The most touchdown passes he ever threw in a season was twenty three. That was that year, ninety two. Um, and but he also was, had like the best running back in the league. The best running, one of the best Can't running backs, like yeah, one of the best running backs, and a great offensive line, and that's why they won. And they had a good defense. Um, I would say Barry Sanders was a better running back than um, Emmett Smith, uh, even though um, Smith ended up with more yards. But Sanders, I think, was the best running back in the modern era. And I, you could argue that maybe Dion was one of the. His, the best or one of the best cornerbacks and return people. And that I think Derek Thomas is up there, maybe behind Lawrence Taylor as the best edge rusher, uh, yeah. outside linebacker. And so, like, and then, yeah, but Aikman, yeah, I don't think he's, uh, he finished top five in the MVP voting one time. Um, he did not, um, he was never a, a first or second team all pro at his position. So, um, you know, he was a a solid 
quarterback, but he was not um six time Pro Bowler. Six time Pro Bowler, yeah. Super Bowl MVP. Super Bowl MVP. But he threw 165 touchdown passes. I believe Patrick Mahomes has passed him in that number. And he also threw 141 interceptions. So he was just barely one-to-one, over one-to-one in his uh, TD-to-interception ratio. Um, Mahomes is uh, way past him, 192. Yeah. Like, uh, so Brett Favre started with, with, with only a third of the interceptions. Yeah. Basically, about yeah. <laughs> a little more, a little more than a third. Yeah. So Brett Favre, I guess, played a lot longer than Aikman. Aikman had concussion problems and stuff, but like, uh, he started in 1991 and he threw for 508 touchdowns and he played for 20 years, but you know, 336 interceptions. So a lot of interceptions too. But he had, you know, yard. You know, he threw for over 4,000 yards several times, and he threw yeah. for 30 plus touchdowns several times, and that was not something that Aikman. Every day, even with Michael Irvin and you know um, Jay Novacek and you know these good players on the on the um, on the team, he was not a. Um, and this is something that I didn't really realize when I was a kid. I thought you know because you know Troy was on this. He was supposed to be one of the best quarterbacks, but like he wasn't recognized really by the writers or you know as one of the um, best of his era really or you know you look at Steve Young's uh stats as well like his are it's a different it's a different era it's a different system that he played that he played in San Francisco right but when Young became a starter he threw for um you know well, well over 3,000 sometimes 4,000 yards sometimes 30 plus touchdowns he won two MVP awards um and and was yeah, mobile so, as a quarterback. And was mobile. Yeah, he ran. Yeah, he was one of the first of these kind of um, or new modern mobile quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah, he was. Um, you know, high quarterback ratings. He had a ninety-six point eight career quarterback rating. Wow. Uh, Brett Favre had a eighty-six career quarterback rating. That's lower than I would have guessed. But he threw a lot of interceptions. Troy Aikman's but it was the uh, gunslinger yeah. type quarterback, though, that is going to have a lower rating. Yeah, Troy Aikman's quarterback rating was 81.6, which is, for his era, not terrible, but it's not oh, like, yeah. it's not like you think Hall of Fame level, maybe, even. I don't know. But uh, he had a 99 quarterback era, quarter, uh, 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 passer rating one year, but he never got to 100. But if you have a running game like, the Cowboys had, they could use a quarterback such as like, you know, like a Tim Tebow type and mm-hmm. still be like, okay, probably. Right. But yeah. Uh, yeah. But they, I guess the Cowboys won. But Tebow, but, but Tebow ran well, yeah. you know, and like, like, or it's like Lamar, when Lamar Jackson had that MVP season, like he didn't, he only threw for like 3,200 yards. But he threw for a ton of touchdowns because yeah. That because the running game was so good, the passing game was always wide open. So you would think, well, if the running game is so good, isn't the passing game going to be open? So I mean, it could be maybe it's a product of the Cowboys' offense wasn't very um, modern. They just had they just relied on having better players. This is a little like because Jimmy Johnson was a college coach and at Miami, yeah. 
And all, you know, basically all you do is recruit the best players in college and there's not necessarily a lot of strategy. And yeah. then that, and then they had Barry Switzer who won the third championship and he was the Oklahoma coach. Well, what do you do if you're playing, you know, Oklahoma? You, you recruit the best players and sometimes through nefarious uh, methods and uh, that's yeah. how you win championships. So like, um, it's interesting. Yeah. I just think that's uh, like, uh, that's a, you know, it's a different era, but like Tony Romo, who, you know, eventually replaced uh, Aikman after a few different guys. Uh, he was a, um, you know, much, I guess it's, it's a different year. It's more passing, but like his quarterback ratings uh, was always, he had one season and that was when he was hurt. That was below um, Troy Aikman's average. And all the rest of his seasons were at least 90, his quarterback rating. Hmm. And I don't think anybody really thinks of Romo as being a – maybe Dallas they like him because he was the last quarterback until re- until Prescott recently won, won playoff games. But um, Yeah. he was. I think he was a solid quarterback, but, yeah, it never did quite the, you know, the same things that, you know, their favorite, you know, yeah. of, the, of the eras for the Cowboys did anyway. Yeah, I think like it's like so they had you know the Cowboys it was uh, you know Nate Newton and you know uh, in case he's called coach Larry Allen as the, like the you know Hall of Fame lineman and Emmitt Smith Michael Irvin and you know the, like some like, defensive guys that were you know rotating in and out uh, that were the anyway I think we we, we, were, we were talking about the NBA draft but but that I think it did remind me of the NFL. Uh, draft yeah. that, one, that that 2003 year, especially when um, 80% of of the top five is a Hall of Famer, and one is really bad. It's a little like Russian roulette, I guess. You know, you it's uh, you have the you know chance of you're you're usually you're going to turn out okay, but there's well there's the, there's a possibility that things are going to end. Right? So you might get Tony Manovich. Or you might get Darko Milicic, and but you also, um, and it's a little well, it's also a little funny because you know the Packers for at least at that point had been terrible for a very long time, and um, I think uh, they got Brett Favre within a year or two, three three years after that, and then um, they also had. Buck drafting uh, Aaron Rodgers, and now they have Jordan Love, uh, who like Aaron Rodgers. They're but they're, we'll, we'll talk about the Chiefs schedule, I guess later. They're both in the Chiefs schedule uh, this year. But uh, anyway, that's I don't. I don't we have anything else to talk about the NFL, the uh, NBA? So we have, I guess, we have the NBA NBA playoffs to talk about. Well, I was going to say one more thing about about uh, the Spurs and their you know supposed number one pick so far. They won only won twenty two games this year. How many would you predict them to win next season with Wimbenyama? Um, One just in this first season. Do you expect him to have a big impact on the team, or do you think he'll make make like make the team significantly better? I think it was another. It's still kind of a rebuild, sort of transition time. Yeah, it's hard to say because I I I haven't because the Spurs have been bad. I haven't like looked into see why they were bad like were they bad because they just had bad players were they bad because they had a lot of injury um bad luck this year 
or was it just because they don't have any players anymore? And I think um, uh, who are they? Yeah, they don't have. I don't know who who's the best player on the Spurs right now. I have no clue. But just generally, do you expect them to improve by having the number one overall player in year one? Yes, I do. I do. I would expect them. That's all I was really looking for there. Okay. I would expect them to win 40. Probably not a playoff run, but better than than this year. Fighting, I think they're going to be fighting for um, 500 record at least. So I'm, I would guess I'm going to say 40 and 42. That will be the record. Um, and it's like one of those things like, well, one player can really change the fortunes of a basketball team. And you usually need two or three really good players to right. win. You could but now, but now they player. have this guy. It may be easier to bring in another free agent, right, to fill in a different role, knowing that they have a generational talent coming in to join the team. Isn't that that's the hope that you at least have as a yeah. franchise and as a fan could, for that franchise, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like a little bit like the NFL, where you have this guy who's so good, but he's playing on the rookie uh, salary scale. There's going to be a lot of money available in the cap. You think sure. To bring in somebody else who is, uh, but but it, but a team that drafts a quarterback number one overall, you don't expect them to win a lot of games in their first year, necessarily, right? It's the, it's mm-hmm. usually the quarterbacks that are drafted to be like a you know one year out replacement, like the Chiefs got with Mahomes, that they have the better future at least anyway. You know, first year quarterback with a rookie. Yeah, first year, the first year after a you know number one draft pick, that team usually isn't good enough to really compete because of that one addition, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's taken Jacksonville a couple of years to be decent. You know, they became a playoff team now in what second year? Second year, yeah. And that was the, the fir- in the first, really the first year that we'll they had a, a real coach. Um, yeah. Right. Because they brought the circus to town immediately after. Yeah, because mm-hmm. yeah, they had the Urban Meyer yeah. fiasco. And, but then, like, Doug Peterson, who was fired from Philadelphia because they didn't think he was good enough, like, he is, you know, Super Bowl, Super Bowl winning coach. And probably at least he would say, I guess he's fired from Philadelphia. And he, uh, and he was fired from Indianapolis, right? He was in Indianapolis uh, a couple of years ago, right? Was that Peterson? Um, and, And uh, hmm. maybe not. No, no, he was just he was filled up the Eagles. Like, I, yeah, I think I, I didn't think he was in the league again, but I'm not sure. Well, I was I was confusing him with I was confusing him with Frank Reich. Frank Reich was fired from the um, Colts, and maybe is maybe going to do the similar thing with Carolina. People hope because well, the Carolina had kind of a you know college coach that maybe maybe was a bit. A bit in a bit over his head, Matt Rule, now the Nebraska Hornetskers yeah. coach, um, and so maybe that maybe they can think well with, with uh, you know uh, the uh, diminutive uh, Bryce Young under center, uh, they'll become a playoff team. They're also like in a bad division, like Jacksonville. They're in the NFC South post yeah. Brady and post Breeze, and you know maybe you know. I would think you know, maybe the Saints are probably the best position because they have Derek Carr, who's at least a serviceable quarterback, and he has been for a while. 
Um, so yeah, it's I think it's possible. In the NFC, it's wide open because there aren't any good quarterbacks really in the NFC except for Jalen Hurts yeah. and maybe Kirk Cousins and Dak Prescott. And if, Matthew, and if Matthew Stafford is healthy, but yeah, Jordan Love possibly, I guess. Um, it doesn't seem likely right now, but who knows? So, yeah, I don't. Um, yeah, anyway, yeah. So I, I would say one with with just so basketball is just one out of you know five guys on the floor rather than rather right. than you know one out of twenty two. Uh, even if it's so a quarterback, I expect more wins because of one player's influence than in basketball than you would in other sports, though, right? Yeah. In one in in the first year, at least anyway. Yeah. So I, I I'm yeah, that's why yeah, I would say maybe close to five hundred. Depending it also depends on who else they bring in. So well, cl- close in, to five hundred in the NBA may be pushing for a playoff. Yeah, that could you'd probably be yeah, at least yeah. in the in the in the play in tournament. You could you could be at least close to that, if not solidly yeah. in the play in tournament with a five hundred regular. Yeah. So if you're yeah, so I was thinking they might be forty and forty two. So that'd be 18 more wins. Um, That's, that'd be pretty impressive. Yeah. And because, you know, Popovich's a good coach, I think having, I don't know what, if when Manyama is as good as people say he is, would he be a top 10 player in the league, just yeah. entering the league? Immediately? I wouldn't think so. But, but we're talking too much about future stuff. What about what's going on in the NBA? Right now, yeah. So we have uh, the final four has been determined, uh, and uh, there's also been some coaching carnage that has occurred because of as a result results in the in the conference semifinals. So the, the Nuggets uh, beat the Suns um, so badly and, that they fired their coach. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, they fired uh, Monty Williams. Monty Williams, who, that's right. Yeah, uh, was dismissed because I think he'd been there four years. And uh, what was the score of Game Six? They lost one twenty-five to one hundred. So they lost by twenty-five. Yeah, um, a similar score in the Boston Philadelphia series. Yeah, also ended with the coach firing. Mm-hmm. With Doc Rivers being dismissed. Yeah. Uh, Did you know yeah, his, his record in Game Sevens as a career uh, was like six? I think six and ten now. Oh, in game Sevens. Game Seven. It's it's well. It's a you know you would. But, it, but I think it's lost the last six. Though, okay. So it wasn't. So that seems as though there's a trend. trend. Six and ten is not. It's like if you're playing. A game seven. It's a team that you're probably pretty evenly matched with, yeah. and it might depend on who's at home in those games. So, I, you know, if he was on the road for most, like maybe if he's on the road for most of them, you know, six and ten is not necessarily bad. Or yeah. if he's the low, or if his team is the lower seed, six and ten is not necessarily bad either. But you would like like to be higher. And it's also playoffs, so like the teams are better than like the other. Yeah, like it's these are all all against quality high quality competition you would think um it's a little like you know you know you think a playoff record you know somebody only has a 500 playoff record well that's really good we have a 500 playoff record because yeah. if you win half the games against the playoff teams and 
yeah. you know, three fourths of the games against uh, the bad teams, then you're a you know contender for uh, championships a lot of the time. So it's so apparently that, that is the record for NBA coaches in game seven losses now. Okay, so ten. Yeah, but that well, is a, I mean that's a lot of appearances. Yeah, he's been in sixteen. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a lot of game sevens. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's been a successful coach. Um, one he, one championship with Boston. Mm-hmm. The team in uh, this year in Boston. Uh, their coach. They've had some coaching issues. Uh, yes. over the past uh, couple of years. Yeah, because, you have a new, uh, new coach this season from last year. Yeah, Joe Mazzula uh, is their coach. And uh, before uh, he's just, yeah, he coached this whole entire uh, season. Whole year, yeah. But before that, uh, they had uh, Ime Udoka who only coached for one year. He was, but they, it seemed like they really liked him. But then, yeah, he had had uh, some issues with the uh, management. Yeah, and with uh, violations of team policies, conduct codes, and dealing right. with women on the staff and things like that. Yeah, so that's not good. Uh, and but he, he little... just recently signed to coach next year, didn't he? Didn't he? Yeah, he's going to be the Rockets coach. Okay. He just uh, a couple weeks ago he signed with Houston, so um, he was an up and he was seen as an up and comer. He had coached uh, two, um, just one full season, and he was a former Greg Popovich assistant for a very long time. Mm. Played a couple of years with uh, San, San Antonio as well. And uh, but um, before that, uh, they it was kind of interesting because before before um, Missoula and Udoka, uh, it was Brad Stevens who was the coach, and he's a young ish guy, he's only two years older than we are, 46. You know, he retired uh, from coaching for and he became uh the general manager basically of of he got promoted Boston. essentially right? yeah that's a, yeah it's kind of interesting it's, you'd rather be the um management than management. The yeah it's because he was uh he never quite he, he led boston to um some success in the regular season but they never uh, you know, won a championship, even a conference. Right. And now this new guy might win the uh, conference because uh, they're playing against Miami Heat, who are eighth seed, but you know have done really well in the playoffs. And they're, you know, like you had said last week, you know, they they're different. They're overwhelming teams. favorites uh, in the East right now, I think, on the on the by the sports books. Was something like ninety-seven percent, I think, chance is what the uh, sports books are saying for. Oh wow, that seems for uh, Boston to advance over the Heat. 
That seems a little high. Yeah. Especially given that Boston played a tough uh, seven seven games against uh, Philadelphia and the Heat. They got through six, I think, against the Knicks. So they've, they've yeah. had a couple days off. Um, you know, I think I – yeah, so I would – it's also possible now that there's going to be two Miami teams, Miami uh, Heat and the Florida Panthers, are both possibly going to be uh, in the championship series for the NBA and NHL, respectively. Um, But um, so, yeah, so I guess the favorite would be Boston. And who's the favorite out West? Is it it the Lakers or is it uh, the Nuggets who were the number one seed? I think it's fairly heavily Nuggets. Right now it looks like they're – they are uh, plus one seventy five to be in the finals. Win, the, I guess, to win it. The Celtics look like they're the odds on favorites to win the whole thing right now. Plus one hundred. Nuggets are plus one seventy five. Lakers plus five hundred. Heat plus seventeen hundred. Well, if I had to make a bet, I think I would go with. I, I might go with the Lakers because the way they the way they're playing, and the way because they're healthy and they have LeBron James, who's still probably better than. Well, Jokic is. Jokic is pretty good, but, but like maybe better than anyone left in the playoffs. Um, and if uh, you know the brow uh, plays well, the brow, yes. <laughs> I don't think it's going well right now, but it's getting closer actually. So game one in the West is underway for us. This is a Tuesday night for us. Into the third, Denver's up eleven. Okay. It was uglier earlier, so it had the lead has narrowed a bit. Okay. And it's in Denver, right? So it's it is in Denver. It's one of those things where sometimes that first game, especially probably in Denver at altitude, it's probably more of an advantage for the home team that first game. Yeah. Than, uh, because the second game, I guess they're there, and the Lakers will have been there a couple of days and have played in that altitude. And you know, I always prefer. I I like the adage um, in the NBA, especially though the series doesn't start until the home team loses. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the home team is expected to win the game. So, and the, and that, for the Lakers, that's actually what happened with uh, in their series with with uh, Golden State was they won one road game and then held all, held the home court after that, and that was yeah. that was what they needed being the the you know the worst seed mm-hmm. in that matchup so. so they didn't get it this time but maybe they could if they get game two or they or i guess it's still possible they get it this time there's still a quarter game. left but uh 11 point lead is it's i guess in the NBA, the way, the way the teams score uh oh apparently the quarter was not quite over so now it's on the end of the quarter shows a 14 point lead there must have been okay. a three of the buzzer or something. three pointer at the buzzer oh maybe it was initially called not a score, and then it was reviewed, and oh, he got he got rid of he he shot it in time, sold it correctly. I guess I don't know. Well, that's what it looks like. Yeah, ref initiated review. So it's a fourteen point lead now. So it's maybe a little, it a little yeah, but yeah. Uh, you never know. Uh, so NBA, I guess I'm we maybe both of us are probably rooting for Boston Lakers Celtics Lakers. Final four. Are you going for the Nuggets Heat? Uh, I think. I expect it to be Nuggets, Celtics. I would prefer the other. So I would want the other to be to be the other matchup. I'd rather well, see like, Miami. You Miami, Lakers, Lakers, Lakers Heat. 
Yeah, because it's LeBron against his old team. That's see, that's, that's more true. that's that's more entertaining, I think, at least anyway, from a you know an outside an outside fans perspective. I like I still like this his, historical uh, historic Celtics Lakers rivalry. Uh-huh. So that's that's who I would go with. Um, I don't want that because I never I never liked the Celtics. I found that really annoying. I was an mm-hmm. anti-Celtics person. Well, you didn't you, 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 child. You, yeah. you didn't like. Uh, well, you probably also didn't like the Paul Pierce be a KU. Uh, I did not. Guy, I don't like, uh, I don't like the NFL players anywhere. They can I root against yeah, those of, teams wherever they go. One of the first super teams when when Garnett and Ray Allen and Paul Pierce. Yeah. Uh, they up. were really good though, but yeah, doesn't mean I'm going to like them though. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of really good but not liking them uh i think all four nhl final four teams are in that category for me because all of my you know, picks won you all of your picks won none of this because they just went against what you said and neither then canadian team won, <laughs> their northern team won so it's uh out west it's the vegas golden knights versus the dallas stars and the stars have the most storied history of any of the four teams left and uh, Dating all the way back to, uh, well, 1967, the North Stars. Late they've been in, 60s. They've, they've been in Dallas since the early 90s, so they've been there for 30 years. It's a little like maybe um, calling the at this point almost calling the Dodgers. Uh, <laughs> uh, just you know, uh, you think of them so it should be in, being in Brooklyn or something. Um, or like when the Dodgers were playing, like in the 70s and 80s, thinking of well, the, you know, you think of them as the Brooklyn Dodgers, but they were the you know, it's it, it's been. A, and the, and the, and Minnesota has its own team now. So like, um, but the Carolina Hurricanes uh, were have a similar history. They were the Hartford Whalers, and uh, they, I believe, also have won. So the, uh, the the Dallas Stars have won a cup, a Stanley Cup. I believe Carolina has also did won. Did a Stanley Dallas cup win cup. as Dallas, or did Dallas win as? They won as Dallas. North they never Stars. won as as Minnesota. Yeah. And so the Hurricanes didn't win as the Hartford Whalers either. They won as the Carolina Hurricanes. So those two teams each have one title. The Vegas Golden Knights were starting 2017-2018 season. They went to the finals that year. They lost to um, the Capitals. Um, Which is a crazy run as an expansion team, though, right? Going to the finals that first year. They haven't been back. Um, And then we have the Carolina Panthers on the other side who are, again, who have been around about 30 years now. But they've never, uh, they've only made it to one Stanley Cup final, I think, and they haven't won. So, like, you know, the the team that wins at most is going to win their second Stanley Cup. So it's it's and they're and the team. I think we figured out before the far the team that's farthest north is actually the Las Vegas uh, Golden Knights, and then it's right. Charlotte, and then Dallas, and then Miami, or actually they play in um, Paradise, Florida, which is near Fort Lauderdale. So. Uh, if we want the northern teams to win, I guess we want it to be a Carolina Vegas series. Uh, although, would you prefer the? I think you might prefer the the glitzier Vegas uh, Miami uh, series. Is that? I think I think I'm rooting for Vegas in the West, and then I don't really care about the other one. I don't I don't like the Florida teams either, in particular. But uh, I don't have anything for I don't have any reason to like to root for Carolina. So I don't really care. I'll say Florida, but. I don't really care. I guess I want Carolina and Dallas just because they're the yeah. historical 
Seems and and we get to stay on opposing sides of things. Yeah, I don't like. And realistically, after the last round of the NHL playoffs, I should just pick against whatever you did, and that will be great. Right? Yeah, it's led me to a four zero. Basically, everybody I picked is lost. Like I picked Boston to win. Uh, they lost. Then I picked. Okay, then it's gonna be Toronto and Edmonton are gonna do well, and they're gonna go. Oh, they lost. So like, yeah, all the all the Seattle lost lost in Game Seven, like last night. So yeah, so I don't. Yeah, I don't really care what happens in the NHL. You came, you came around on the Kraken and became a big Kraken fan for like eight seconds, I think. And then I, I, I did. And then default. they were immediately eliminated. Yeah, I did by default. Um, Does that sound right? Because the Devils and the Oilers were gone. So, like, okay, here's the Kraken. That's, that's my last time. Right. Yeah, because of their 1917 Stanley Cup. Uh, as <laughs> the Seattle Metropolitans or whatever it was. Uh, but, don't you like the rarity of a team with a nickname? That doesn't end with an S, though, isn't that? Um, I tend not to like the teams that don't end in S. Um, there aren't that many, so. Yeah, Utah Jazz, um, Heat. Miami Heat. I guess you have the Red Sox and the White Sox technically end in X. It's an X, yeah. But it sounds like an S. We right. talked about it before, how like both those teams, it was cool to end it with an X, but that was over 100 years ago when they thought that was cool, and it stuck. Um I think that's a that's kind of interesting, but um, yeah, that's I don't know if we have much more to talk about the NHL, but yeah. So we'll, NHL, we'll check in again. Settled the final four field, the conference finals, and then as is the NBA. I think the NBA has more interesting teams, at least for us, left. But maybe because we're more a little more interested in the NBA right now than the NHL. But at least with these, I don't know with these teams. I guess you know Denver is a really good team. They deserve probably to be where they are. Um, they beat the uh, the Suns, who were, you know, starting to find their way. It seemed like, but and then yeah, we have the Lakers and the Heat, who have been you know historically good recently, and the Celtics as well. So we, yeah, pretty pretty solid, um, yeah. but not solid. Uh, we can say are the Royals, although it looks like they're winning right now. Um, Last time yeah, was... do, you remember, do you remember what I told you based on the lineup I thought the Royals would do today? No. We could shut out, you think? <laughs> I thought they were going to be terrible, though. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't yeah. expect them to be up five to nothing. That's uh, yeah, five to nothing. That's very, that's very surprising to me. But they had gone on a nice stretch between um, the time that we spoke last, last week, and uh, now. And now they had like, what, what, four out of five games? Four out of five. Yeah, it seemed like they were catching up. Like... They were inspired by Lorenzo Cain, I think, and really turned a corner, but then they turned another corner back to where they were before and took a U maybe a U turn. Some I don't know what, what analogy to say, but yeah, they uh had, on first trade. Yeah. Yeah. So they but they were they were in all of the games and they had chances probably to win each of the games in their recent losing streak. But uh have not quite had enough to continue their winning ways. Yeah, their offense has been um, better mostly, although it's been a little more hit and miss um, the last few games. But yeah, they they got swept by the Brewers, and now they nearly uh, got no hit yesterday. Yeah, by the Padres. Yeah, um, they, I think they didn't get a hit until like Massey. I think broke it up. Uh, leading off the eighth inning. Yeah, it was Michael Walker, the uh, former Cardinals. 
who they've struggled against in the past. Yeah, I think I think he almost pitched a hitter. I think as the Royals before. I think as a Cardinal, right? Or it seems like. And I, I bet the only player that was on both of those teams might have been Sal, because I Probably. think like basically an entirely different Royals team. Yeah, I don't know when the last. Uh, uh, yeah, this walk has bounced around the last few years, so he's. Yeah. He was with the Cardinals last in 2019. He's been with the Mets. He's been with the Rays. He's been with the Red Sox. And now he's been. Now he's with the uh, Padres. So, it's, yeah, he's been up and down. He was, I think, at least at one point, thought to be like the next great young Cardinals uh, pitcher. Like since he, you know, Roy Halladay and Adam Wainwright did that, but has not been as successful. But still a solid pitcher. Um, I don't know if we want to talk anymore about the Royals. They've been bad, but they're winning tonight, five nothing. So maybe they will be thirteen and thirty-one. Have a nice uh, symmetrical mirror image yeah. uh, uh, record. Somewhat, uh, somewhat pleasing to the eye. Yeah. Uh, so they, they, we're about a, more now than a fourth of the way through the season, and even if you multiply it by four, that the Royals are on pace to win fifty two games if they win tonight and that's 52 and 110 basically as if they are slightly better than they've been so that is a really really bad season and they're and uh yeah 17 games below what their expected was uh that we bet on at least anyway we did yeah. be over on 68 and a half so they're looking well 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 below that yeah we're not yeah that's not going to turn out well unless they really somehow Catch fire, uh, my I, yeah. The other team as well. The Pirates are still treading water over five hundred. They've lost a lot of games recently. They've gone downhill. I mean, they can turn it around. The Red Sox are a little bit over five hundred, so that's looking okay for me. And then the, the I picked picked the Tigers to be under, but they're also kind of around five hundred. So yeah, isn't that great? So, but uh, how about your teams? Are they um? So the one team that has turned it around for me, the only one that I have a chance at is the Dodgers. And the Dodgers have gone on quite a streak now, and they're looking at well over their uh, 96.5 projection mm-hmm. for wins. I think right now it they're aiming at like 104, 105, 106. Six, six in a row, yeah. Yeah, so they've, they've, they've gone on quite a streak. I think they've won, yeah, like eight of the last ten. Uh, but yeah, six in a row. I would have thought they would have. Me, this is closer probably... to where, where I thought they would be, but I didn't yeah, expect they're... them to win like basically all their games yeah, all at they're... once. Basically, yeah, they're heating up. I think and they're just probably just getting into uh, the flow. Maybe we could say, well, the Royals are too. They're just uh, taking a little while to adjust, but they're, just, they're already they're in such a big hole. Warming up. Um. Yeah, just warming up. Um. I guess you know the NFL season isn't even close to warming up yet, but we do have uh, the schedule that was announced. Uh, the Chiefs have, I think, six primetime games, which is the maximum allotted, uh, and they are going to open the season on a Thursday night in early September against the Detroit Lions. Were you surprised that the Lions were the pick for the opening day? Opening yeah, night? I think it's. It's probably actually a good choice, though, for the league because they get like in the up and coming Lions. I think people are getting excited about the Lions, maybe finally. 
Um, they had a great finish to last season. It kind of makes sense to put him there, but it seems like you'd go ahead and put a rivalry game <laughs> or like well, a, maybe, match, yeah. a rematch from the Super Bowl. That seems like the most obvious thing to do mm-hmm. for opening day. But Well, you could also say, well, that's a captive audience. They're going to watch the game anyway, so why waste exactly. a good matchup? there and just so I, I think that's why they chose this one is because it's i think it's more of a let's see if we can also feature the lions so that people will pay attention to them thinking that the league can have mm-hmm. them be you know the team of the future like if they won surprisingly that would be i'm sure the nfl would kind of love that yeah um, but i i getting sort of very early who knows what's going to happen but i would i think the chiefs are seven point favorites right now um, <laughs> that game but before yeah, we know who the starting yeah. starting players are yeah. and stuff like that, yeah, yes. yeah, they have they have a lot of big, of course, big games because they have another first place schedule. So they're playing all the good teams in the AFC. Uh, they're playing the AFC East this year, and, and so they're, they're one of the games. I think week four is at the Jets with Aaron Rodgers, um, which might be interesting. They're also at. The Packers with Jordan Love, so they're they're they've got both of those. Uh, the story alliance, uh, you know, at Lambeau. This is this, I think this would be this would be Mahomes' first game at Lambeau, um, and also it will be Mahomes' first game against Rodgers if Rodgers if they're both healthy because uh, Rodgers had COVID I think last year right or, or when they played was it two years ago? Oh, last yeah, year? and it was it was a Love that they faced instead. Yeah, yeah, they faced Love. I think it was two years ago, and um, and then. That was the uh, dislocated kneecap year. Uh, the other time that uh, the Packers played the Chiefs, and there was a Chad Henney, or there was a Matt Moore uh, start. Sounds uh, right. And actually, the Chiefs made a pretty good game of it against the the favorite Packers with Matt Moore as the quarterback. So, and they beat the Vikings the next week with Matt Moore. So it's the, it's the NFC North. So the Chiefs are going to the Vikings, and they're hosting the Bears and the Lions. Um, so those are some good games. But it seems like the biggest games on the schedule are all going to be at home, kind of late in the season. Yeah, quite a bit later in the year. Um, at least, other than maybe the Chargers games, who you could say are, are pretty big. They're yeah. at the Chargers. They're at the Chargers the final week of the season, January seventh. They host uh, the Bills, the Eagles, and the Bengals all like November twentieth or later in Arrowhead. So that those are going to be probably big games. And that's probably what the NFL was wanting to save yeah. uh, for later in the season. Yeah. The, the tune-ups for the playoffs. And and Mahomes has that crazy December record already, right? Of win-loss record in the in the month of December. Yeah, I the league, is he still undefeated in the month of December? I think he, didn't they, did they lose to oh, they lost, they lost the last was year? It? He's twenty and three, I guess, in the month of December. So. Yeah, but that's a pretty um, crazy record for late in the year. It says, "Oh yeah, so the, okay, he is, uh, okay, so he was three and two in his first five, and then he won, uh, uh, seven. He's won seventeen out of his last eighteen December games. So he had won um, fifteen straight December games before losing to right. the Bengals." Wow. Yeah. That's... 14, 14 straight new December games for Um That's crazy. Yeah. He's. But maybe the most important game on the schedule, at least from the international standpoint, 
Chiefs playing the Dolphins in Germany. Is that Germany. is that circled on your calendar? I think that'll be interesting. It's 9.30 a.m. Eastern time start, 8.30, I guess, Arrowhead time. Mm. And it's got it's the return of Tyreek Hill, I guess. So he's not coming back to Arrowhead. But um, I think that'll be fun. And, you know, Chiefs lose technically a home game, but they had nine home games this year because of the way the schedule uh, balances out. So, you know, eight still have eight home games. And, yeah, I, I think that's I think that's a fun game schedule for overseas. I think the Chiefs – it seemed like the Chiefs were going to play the Bears. That's what, that's what people were thinking. They were going to play the Bears in Germany. But I think the Chiefs wanted to play the Bears at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they, they petitioned the league or something like that. And I guess I'm not quite sure why. I guess maybe because the proximity of Chicago to Kansas City, and um, or maybe just not wanting to see Hill come back. Yeah, I guess they had some influence over which game, which home game they lost, essentially, right? Yeah. I I mean I know the fans will travel for the game. I think they do get some kind of priority for tickets. I don't know how much of the stadium they get, they get, but uh, fans that are season ticket holders get some kind of ability to buy tickets for that Germany game. Yeah, they're playing, so they're going to play in um, Frankfurt and it's called the Deutsche Bank Park right now. Which I think is interesting that there's a, a European stadium called a park because uh, you wouldn't think. That's well, I think what we associate as a baseball stadium type of name. I don't know. May, maybe there are some English soccer stadiums called something park, but maybe. Um, but yeah, it's a different. That's I don't. It's a um, interesting. It only has. It only holds about fifty thousand people, so it's going to be a small venue for compared to either Chiefs or Dolphins home stadiums. So. But it'll probably be loud and 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 fun. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that uh, that game. Um, any other games on the schedule that you want to talk about, or any other? Um, I, I was uh, a little surprised. Technology? I thought this schedule seemed maybe easier than last year's schedule looked initially. I think I, I don't know. Yeah, I think because the Chiefs are playing the NFC West last year. So you think, okay, it's the Rams who won the Super Bowl. It's the 49ers who are always contending. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe you think the Cardinals and the Seahawks might be up and coming teams. So like, that's a tougher. Um, and I guess the Chiefs didn't win the Super Bowl. So you think they're not as tough as they were. So like, oh, uh, the Bengals are going to play again. The Bills are going to play again. And so they're playing all these teams this year, but it seems like the Chiefs were more confident in them because even well, though- they were at- and they seem to be in Kansas City too. So yeah. for the most for the um at least the highest power matchups from what we expect the team's performance to be at the point that they face them at least. Uh yeah, it seems like they, they get they have a little bit more of an advantage than they seem to have, I think, than last year's schedule when it came out. Although some of the teams they faced weren't didn't end up being as high powered as I think we expected them to be initially. Yeah, and some of the teams turned out to be, be a little better. Jacksonville turned out to be better uh, than we had thought. Um, but yeah, a lot of the teams ended up not having. Yes, Arizona was not good, but the Chiefs kind of rolled Arizona when they were at their best 
they ended up rolling the, the 49ers as well. And they beat they beat all four AMC team, NFC West teams pretty easily. So um, you know, they had a you know, they they had they struggled. Uh, maybe again, well, I guess we thought the Colts were going to be good last mm-hmm. year with Matt Ryan. With okay, maybe they they should have gone to the play should have gone to the playoffs the year before when they lost to the Jaguars uh, and they got knocked out. But then you think, oh, Matt Ryan's replacing um, uh, Phil, Rib- Phil and, Rivers, and yeah, and you right. think Ryan is a step up, but he didn't do so well. And like there was all that craziness with Jeff Saturday and things. Like that. Uh. The Chiefs, the Chiefs caught them early when they were a little bit better, uh, and they also kind of got screwed on a few calls in that game. Yeah, and but they still, you know, they lost to the Colts. They lost to, you know, they, they lost to the Bills and they lost to the Bengals. But you know, those are the you know, two of the, best, the other two best teams probably in the conference, so it's not a big right. And, they, and they, yeah, and they won all, and they won the, all their division games. So like, they're fourteen and three, and then they went um, three and on the playoffs. So seventeen and three is not bad. So we, I guess, and without Tyreek Hill, so we think okay, we're more confident in maybe the Chiefs' abilities and Mahomes, Mahomes' ability to um, run the show without maybe you know just with Kelsey and whoever. Uh, is out there looking through the schedule where would you guess that they would take their first loss on the season um or what statistically in your mind at least anyway where do you think the first tough game is that they you know have a the worst chance of winning i guess anyway i would think maybe it's week two actually at jacksonville it's an early game it's in Jacksonville, maybe you would think that the Jaguars might be, but like you, I, I would guess though, like if, if, if Mahomes hadn't been hurt in that playoff game, the Chiefs would have won easily. So, uh, probably yeah. I would say either at the Jets or at the Vikings, they might mm. slip up. Uh, because again, Rodgers is playing for the Jets, who knows how to go there, but also if they beat Rodgers, they might have a little bit of a letdown at Minnesota. Um, but I don't really see them losing. Those games, the Chargers are always tough, so maybe it's that game. I think there's a chance, though. I think they've lost them enough that they don't want to lose to anymore, so they'll like figure out how to, yeah, how to, you know, get ready for the game in a way that won't, uh, you mm-hmm. know, put them at a disadvantage at least. You never the first know thing that I, that I saw that like looks at least dangerous anyway is until after the bye against the uh, the Eagles, although it is in Kansas City, but and it's after a bye, which the Chiefs do very well, tend to not lose those games, right? Yeah, so I, I think maybe it's that Europe game against the Dolphins. Also, you never know what team's going to show up because it's a long ways away. Um, it's early in the morning, but late at night. <laughs> Yeah, maybe it's the Same Packers. Time. I don't Bill. I think Bills at home, but maybe maybe it's at Green Bay too because maybe you're looking ahead to the Bills at home. Um, at New England, the uh, Mahomes never quite plays that well. Yeah, there's always something against New England uh, that's tough. Even if but New England, the Packers are definitely the, the the trap game though because that's Bills coming up next. They yeah certainly maybe you could also maybe argue ahead. at the Raiders after the Eagles. Is a yeah. trap. So there's some. I don't know. I I I think I would guess the Chiefs' record will be as good as it was last year. So I would say if it's less than, I'm sure. I think the Chiefs are only. Um, if you go to Vegas, Vegas is like a plus eleven and a half or something is the win total. So I think that's very low. I would take the over. Yeah. The, time. the only thing I think that would make it go under is if Mahomes gets hurt. 
which is you know possibility. But if Mahomes is healthy the whole season, I would yeah. say fourteen and three is probably the record again. Um, maybe higher, maybe you know possibly a game lower, depending on somewhere in that that area. You expect thirteen plus wins, basically, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, the last Chargers game at that point also might be a loss if the Chiefs are in a position where the seeding isn't going to matter. Yeah. Like what, like they might be locked into the one or the two or something. Or, right. Yeah. Something like but that. But if they're so, undefeated. Yeah. They're going to play that game. Yeah. When they're still going to show up for that one. Right. So. Yeah. 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 Well, it's funny that we're talking about Chiefs being undefeated, but it's still early. We're, we're still. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, Hope Springs eternal, but the Chiefs did win last year. So in some ways this year, you know, even though they don't win it this year, they've won two of the last four Super Bowls now. You know, we never in our wildest dreams would have guessed that the Chiefs would be that good. So uh, things are, are pretty good in, in, in uh, Kansas City. Uh, looking forward to the NFL season in September. You probably wouldn't guess that the Chiefs would have more wins than the Royals would have in, in uh, you know, 40, 43 games. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Only 43 games, but whatever. The Chiefs won in se- yeah, the Chiefs are one well, 17 and three in 20 games, and the Royals are. I guess we consider the Royal Spring training record. That was pretty good. When we thought, hey, yeah. they're going to do really well. But, um, yeah, so I don't um, – yeah. Um, I don't know. What, do we have any more, add, more to add for the NFL? Should we wrap it up for this week? I think so. Well, that was another exciting installment. Um, and we'll be back next week to talk even more about uh, the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs possibly any developments in the NFL um, and, you know, things that we're interested in. And also um, we have uh, the Royals to continue talking about. Oh, I guess we did the Preakness coming up on Saturday. Uh, Preakness. Mage, uh, who won the Kentucky Derby, is, I believe, a f- uh, um, eight to five uh, odds. Uh, he... Right now, um, he was the favorite. Uh, Forte, who was the uh, favorite going into the Kentucky Derby, got injured, um, is not in the race again. Um, he was the only horse that's really beaten Mage lately. Um, uh, we talked about Mage's uh, bloodlines with, you know, champ- movie champions and near triple crown winners uh, in his, uh, uh, you know, grandfather, his, his, uh, grandsires and vampires but uh, looks yeah. like uh, we have first mission is two and a, is five to two national treasure four to one blazing seven six to one red route one ten to one form 15 to one coffee with chris 20 to one chase the chaos 50 to one i don't remember if any of these guys any of these other horses were in the kentucky derby or not yeah. uh, i have no idea so um but I hope I like to see triple crowns. I like I want to see uh through all in on mage. Mage do well, yeah. Yeah. So but anyway, but more other than that, I think I think we we, we, we should call it a day. Right, the previous race previous uh stakes is on Saturday. Saturday, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we should get it we should probably get our picks in. In Baltimore. I will be in the state of Maryland on Saturday. So I, I will probably try to watch that game. Watch watch that race or some of it uh, with my daughter who uh, 
always pretends that she is a horse. Uh, she loves horseback riding. She usually uh, identifies as a horse uh, or says, you know, should I be a foal? Should I be a colt? Should I be a filly? Um, the fillies are her favorite uh, baseball team. Um, and she likes the Colts and the Broncos as a football team. Uh, but uh, she said, well, thing. I don't like, well, she said that she, I told her that the Broncos were the chief, were some of the Chiefs' biggest rivals. And she says, well, I don't have to like the Broncos. Uh, she uh, decided to like the SMU Mustangs uh, instead as her college team. So she likes uh, these horse-related uh, uh, related teams. So, um, but yeah, so I got her, I got her old Colts uh, shirt um, with the horse nice. on it. Uh, for Christmas, but um, yeah, so she just is really into horse racing, horse riding, horse anything, and so that's uh, what we'll probably be doing on Saturday. At least watching. Oh, so where did she come down on the uh, on the Spurs then in the NBA? Is that oh, the Spurs? I hadn't even thought about that. I'll have to ask her. Uh, the Pistons had a horse logo for a while, so maybe yeah. that would be a team uh, that she would uh, root for. Or like she likes animal team names as well. So like, um, you know, I think she likes the Orioles and the Penguins and you know, uh, there's the lions and stuff like that. So any animal nickname. So I guess maybe the Grizzlies. She might be afraid. She's kind of afraid of bears. Maybe not. I don't know. The, uh, in in the in the NBA, I'm not sure what uh, her uh, team uh, would be. But I'll ask. I'll ask her maybe, and then make an. Uh, Make uh, uh, this. We can. We can uh, I'll, I'll fill you in. I'll fill all, all of our viewers in next week on what Marie's favorite teams are. She's six. She will be seven in July. So she's pretty big. Um, and her teeth that she lost all of her. She lost her two two top two bottom teeth. Uh, those are growing back in. At the uh, same time, all of them came out. Uh, almost. Uh, yeah. she, her, her top tooth was actually knocked. She lost one of her top teeth. Uh, first, because she was riding a horse, and the horse next to the one that she was riding banged it, banged its head into her, so she lost oh, really? that tooth first. Yeah, so a horse caused her her uh, uh, first tooth loss, and then she lost the bottom two, and then the other one. Hopefully, it was already loose and not. Yeah, I, well, I don't, it wasn't. It wasn't exactly loose, I don't think, but it was. It would have come out within a few months. Uh, so, um, you know, it was one of those things. So she's lost uh, five teeth in first grade this year. So that's uh, the accomplishment for a kid. <laughs> uh but anyway uh we'll we'll be back next week with another exciting action-packed insightful and thoughtful analytical uh, program and until then uh i am dr michael worm he is dr andrew scaff i guess i could be dr michael Worm, almost esquires oh soon uh, yeah that'd be, well that's gonna be when i pass the bar so you then, then you can add uh, uh dr esquire on my uh name tag here uh but anyway i am dr michael Werman. he is dr andrew scaff we are the warning check power hour please like and subscribe to our little podcast slash uh youtube video channel and uh, we hope you enjoy it because we enjoy rambling and uh, we don't, and you know, this is something we do for ourselves. We don't really even care about other people, but we do care that you're uh, a, uh, you are, you are a valued or a valued viewer, whichever, uh, whether you're doing it as I once said, uh, uh, AV or just A. And um, that's enough rambling for now. So 
We'll see you next week. Until then, wish you a good day. <laughs>